in, in terms of the human relationships, the juxtaposition of one person to another, the form and the content. Why do you knock off the bullshit and get to the point? Hey, kids. It's time for Pizza and Pop Culture with our Rogues Gallery of Talent. Coming at you on location from Eastside Pizza in Wallingford, Connecticut. Now serving up Geek Pizza with extra cheese. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Wallingford, Connecticut, it's Pizza and Pop Culture. (laughs) (laughs) On this random day in July, we're going to welcome you to our show. This is episode 10 gentlemen nice and sitting around the table here or around the room we have mr angelo good evening everybody we have mr paul how are you we have mr jude hello and i am mr allen your moderator for the evening uh Please check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Pizza Pop Culture. Our website is pizzapopculture.com. We'd like you to visit us. We'd like you to like our our pages on social media. And um, let us know you're visiting our website by sending us a comment. Listen to the show. Give us some feedback. Um, And also support us by clicking on the link on the website uh, let us know what you like and what you like, what you don't like, maybe even. So this was a very busy but sad week, I think, um, in in the pop culture entertainment world, gentlemen. So, what's the news? What's the news of the week? The first thing that I wrote down was the unfortunate loss of uh, Naya Rivera. Who? Do you guys watch Glee? Did you? Watch Glee at all? <clears throat> no, I, I didn't really watch Glee. I mean, I knew people who did. I think my mom watched Glee, but um, I know it was a popular show a while ago, right? Yeah, two two thousands into the you know, it, I watched that show. I I loved Glee, such talent and such fun. I mean, especially the early episodes. Um, and you know, uh, we lost Corey Monteith, one, another one of the uh, Glee characters from. Uh, Unfortunately, drugs a few years ago. But Naya Rivera, um, a little bit about her. Um, She appeared in commercials for Kmart as a baby, but her first significant acting job was at the age of four when she appeared as Hillary Winston in the Royal Family sitcom in 1991. I I never saw that one. Um, Between 1992 and 2002, she had small roles in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Family Matters, Live Shot, Baywatch, Smart Guy, House Blend, Even Stevens, and The Master of Disguise. Uh, I barely watched Baywatch, but I watched Baywatch for the boobs and stuff. Um, well, how, old, how old was she? I knew she had, I know in the news I saw the story this morning, but they said that she also had a child, right? A daughter. She had a f- four-year-old son. Oh, son, okay. Uh, Josie. Apparently, so and um, and it, it's a very sad story. I mean, you can look up the news and find out the story behind what's what was going on, but um, drowning, and your four-year-old kid is there, Ooh, and man. it's unfortunate. Um, she in two thousand nine was cast as Santana Lopez, a high school cheerleader on Fox musical comedy Glee, about high school Glee club. Um, apparently, she auditioned for the opportunity to sing, dance, and act. All in the same show. Did you guys know that she auditioned for American Idol? No. She was cut from like the very first round, which is really hard Who to believe. Who wasn't? Who wasn't? 
I didn't. I never auditioned. How about you? Twice. You auditioned <laughs> twice, Paul. <laughs> yep. Cut <laughs> right. Cut before I got in the door. How's that? How could that happen, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. They see me coming. Did you really audition? Oh yes. Oh, well, that, oh. Is, that is <laughs> great. That? that was great. Sent me home packing. I'm very. And, and you have original material. <laughs> I don't get it. Brilliant I was, stuff. I was so original. Are you faking? Are you pulling you my leg? Original. I am pulling your leg oh, so hard it's making That is not even funny, Paul. Well, if you knew Paul, you would say you you might believe him. Hurtful, very Sorry. hurtful. It's something he would do. <laughs> I have all this important stuff about Naya Rivera. Don't okay, you want to know? So, go, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Going. She she was perfect for the for the part because she played in uh, Mean Girls and and her character of Santana was like the one of the mean girls. You know, she loved the boys, but she was very catty with with the girls. It's an unfortunate. Um, it's an unfortunate thing. And somebody else died this week, too. Uh, John Travolta's wife, Kelly Preston. Yeah, I saw that, too. That was terrible. She's been married for, I think, 30 years. That's and uh, she, had a, she had a really good career. And I guess she kept her illness quiet because I, I guess really, nobody really knew what was going on. And then all of a sudden, it just popped on the news that she passed away. It's always sad when somebody that you recognize and follow and is gone, just like uh, Grant Imahara. From MythBusters, yeah. it's it's just um, young he was fellow. He, young fellow. He was uh, forty nine. He had an aneurysm, and was he originally on the show from the very beginning? Uh, I don't think so. I don't no. think so. But they had a huge uh, presence on YouTube after the show, mm-hmm. and they were doing some crazy stuff. I mean, they were trying to like replicate the blaster from uh, Blade Runner and stuff like that. Like they were doing some pretty unique builds, and he was he was on the show or he was on a lot helping. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? The I always forget his name. The blonde hair, Adam Savage. Adam Savage, yeah. Thank you. But there, it was some cool builds. If you go on the YouTube channel, it, it's it's a great show to watch on YouTube. Very entertaining. And yeah. I don't know why it never made it to any kind of like streaming service because it was that good. But what Myth MythBusters? It, it's it was whatever their YouTube show is called. Oh, White Rabbit, the White um, Rabbit Project. I got here that he was the host of science shows MythBusters and White Rabbit Project. I never watched MythBusters, but he played. Hikaru Sulu. I don't know if you guys know this or not. There's a, there's I think eleven, uh, somewhere between eleven and fifteen. They did eleven to fifteen episodes of a show called Star Trek Continues. So it actually it takes place right after Turnabout Intruder, and the quality of this is really really good. They actually did a, a direct sequel to uh, Mirror Mirror, which is I think is really good, and uh, he, so he played uh, Sulu on that, and he did a great job. So if you guys ever get a chance to uh, check it out, it's, all, it's on YouTube, so it's called Star Trek Continues, and it's really good. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 Star Trek Continues. That not that a, uh, like an independent, right here in the East Coast? I believe so. They weren't allowed to make any money. It, right. That was one of the stipulations. That with showing, showing on Yeah, showing on YouTube, no commercials. They weren't allowed to make money, and, but the quality is really, really high. Yeah, I've, I've heard yeah, about so this. The show is it's called Adam Savage's Tested, and he does a lot of these things called One Day Builds. And um, and it's a great it's a great YouTube channel. Um, and again, I don't know how uh, a, a streaming service not p- have picked this up because it's really that good. I don't know, Pete. You've probably seen it, right? How it's many really episodes? I, it's been going on for a long time. I mean, he, they they produce a lot of stuff. And what's really interesting is they try to replicate things like movie props, and they try to get it down to like the actual prop. And it's like almost a challenge. And sometimes they break it up in episodes, and sometimes you know they'll just kind of tidy everything up and edit it into one episode. But it's 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 awesome, you know. Uh, like he did a thousand shot uh, 
Nerf blaster gun. Okay, you can actually see him build this stuff. It's 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 fun. So. He worked for ILM as well, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, I think he the 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 guy who passed away. What's his name? I'm sorry, Grant. Grant. He um, he was on the. He played a big role in that show. So our esteemed uh, colleague Shitty Chicken, also known as Mr. Keith, sitting behind the mixer today, threw in that um, in September. One of his favorite projects, Battlefield Earth, releases God. on Blu-ray. God. How do you sit through that movie? I didn't say it was my favorite. He loves it. <laughs> the only way you could sit through that movie yeah, is with a absolutely. bottle of Jack. And they were so psyched. Aren't you psyched about it, Keith? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, he's not psyched about it. Battlefield Earth releases on Blu-ray. Is, is we already talked about John, John Travolta. Travolta? Another, another segment. Yeah, don't forget, Forrest Whitaker was in that, too. Oh, wow. The stink guy? And I thought, he, he's a good... Both, both of them, I like Travolta as an actor. <laughs> you know, but... Forrest is... <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Jeez. What, so, so what's... Just clear, clear it up for me. You're using Blu-ray players or DVD players? Blu-ray. Blu-ray, Blu-ray could play yeah, DVD. Yeah, yeah. DVD. So, no, you, you want Blu-ray. Yeah. Is my PS3 a Blu-ray player? Yes, it. I think so. Either the PS4. Or maybe it's the PS4. Yeah. Yeah. No, you want to watch things in Blu-ray. In no, fact, I think PS. I think my PS3 might be Blu-ray. That's why I got it. Right. All right. Because I certainly don't play games on there. In fact, you could watch stuff streaming online and say, "Oh, this looks pretty good," and then you buy the Blu-ray and you absolutely are blown away. You yeah. are. You could, you're, you're amazed how they totally screw people over when they say, "Oh, you got this in HD or 4K," and it is total shit compared to a Blu-ray. You put a Blu-ray and you're like, "Oh my god, it's a whole different so, movie." Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a topic for another day. Yeah. So I, I've been correct. No, I've been confirmed. All PlayStation threes except. Series 3000 can play Blu-ray movies. You need to buy an HDMI cable, by the way, if you need to do that. Thank yes, you very you do. much. Yeah, you Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. Um, okay, so having talked about these really interesting things that happened this week, and especially Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I have a topic, You're too, if you want to end Oh, oh yeah, go, go to your If topic. you want to end the segment with it, we can, unless you want to... It's, what's your topic about? Well, I was going to talk about uh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk so about. I was going to say that uh, TikTok, an app known for the quirky short videos, mostly of teenagers dancing inappropriate and playing wannabe rock stars, is facing political heat because of its ties to China. The U.S. Army and Navy have banned service members from using TikTok apps on government-issued phones. Uh, the app has been downloaded more than 2 billion times, according to research firm Sensor Tower, with 623 million coming during the first half of this year. That's pretty crazy. Uh, Have well, you used this app, Alan? Tell us. No. Y- yeah. No. I haven't. This okay. kind of falls in the battlefield so, earth realm. <laughs> <laughs> so here, Nobody wants to see me on TikTok. It yeah. used to be musically. Well, if you have any kids out there, uh, now TikTok's TikTok, tax, whatever the hell it's called. TikTok's TikTok? growth, growth is under fire because governments are concerned that Chinese government might have, uh, might have sway over the app, citing national security concerns. So is this the reason why the, the, Na- is it the Navy, you said? The Army and Navy. The Army and Navy yeah. is the military. Is that why they're banning it because of security That's reasons? Right. Or because, you know, sailors and soldiers are doing TikTok when they're supposed to be doing <laughs> pick up. I don't know. So TikTok said in a blog post that all U.S. user data is stored in the U.S. with a backup in Singapore. 
Mm-hmm. And its data it's centers are outside that. China, and none of this data is subject to Chinese law. Okay, whatever. The U.S. government would have to find a legally a legal reason, sound reason, to request that Apple and Google pull TikTok from their app stores. So what do you guys think of that? Do I, your I, kids have TikTok? I don't know. No? I mean, two billion oh. times the app's been downloaded? Come on. That's pretty crazy. I'll tell you, I want to get it now. <laughs> I've seen I've seen TikTok videos. Everybody's getting in on the act. It's it's all kinds of people. I mean, maybe in some universe it used to be just kids, but I, I see parents and adults and old people and all ages using doing TikTok stuff. I don't know who's doing it, but I was thinking about maybe doing something. I got to learn that dance. There's one of those dances you got to learn. I'm, maybe I'm, we should all. TikTok. You can't see me, but I'm dancing right now. Maybe we should all TikTok videos of obscene things. No, so no, no. So that they, that they never mind. <laughs> oh, holy hell! These Falcons are crazy. Let's 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 move on. Move on. All I want to know, what I wanted to ask seriously, was how is the military going to prevent soldiers from downloading or using TikTok? I don't understand how that gets implemented. Well, the only way to download an app, I think, um, that I'm aware of, is either if you have an Apple phone or an Android phone. I think Google. The Google Store, or whatever it's called, I think it's Google Store. Google Play, Google Play, <clears throat> and then the Apple Store. Yeah. So how else would you? I mean, unless you illegally put it on your phone, which I don't know what the process of getting an app on your phone and not using. Those. No, no. What I'm what I'm asking is, you said that didn't you say that the military wanted to prevent them from? Oh. How are they going to enforce that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I've, well, don't don't certain jobs. You know, when you go to work, you, if you're using a computer. You're not yeah. allowed to you, you to go to certain sites. They just right. on your computer. You can't go to. Facebook. You're on a private you network. Yeah. yeah, so that's probably the way they'll be doing it. Right. That's why I thought you were. That's why I thought you were talking about the, the Google Play and the App Store because you. It is only. It is a mobile thing. I don't think it's a. It's on the phone. Oh, in the computer. Okay. Yeah. So I was wondering about that. I, I'm just curious about this whole entire espionage of countries trying to secretly get into everybody's phones and into their minds yeah, well. and into their soul. <laughs> well, our little... <laughs> into their soul. What are you, me? Alan's holding? So it's a scary thought, so... Yeah, okay, so I want to just bring it... I just want to bring it to a, to a close here, and I, wanna, I, I thought this was some interesting information. What happened July 15th through the years? Get this, guys. In the year 1099, Jerusalem falls to the Crusaders. In the year 1099. <laughs> Every time I do that, I want, to, I want that to be the retort, okay? There you go. 1410, Poles and Lithuanians defeat the Teutonic Knights at Tannenberg, Prussia. I'm sorry. <laughs> what were you saying? Did you say the Teutonic Knights? Teutonic. Okay, those guys. Teutonic. Yeah, those guys. Sure. It's going to be a German... Yeah. That's a German thing. In 1865, the Duke of Monmouth execute, is executed in Tower Hill in England. 1685. 1685. Oh, you're cute. <laughs> what I'm are you still reading? recovering over, actually, the first one. <laughs> the electors of Paris set up a commune to live without the authority of the government. In 1806, Lieutenant Zubilon Pike, no relation to Admiral Pike, begins his western... Now, how do you know that, Alan? Christopher Pike. Do we know that for a fact? Time travel. Come on. Lieutenant Zebulon. You know what? This is Angela. What do you think? Zebulon could be related to Christopher. It's Zebulon. It's a very good possibility. Thank you. You're Thanks welcome. very much. Of course. Jude, can somebody turn off? Continues? Yeah. What? Can somebody cut off Maybe. Jude's mic? <laughs> Zebulon 
okay, he begins his Western expedition in Gage from Fort Bellefontaine. Then in 1813, Napoleon Bonaparte's representatives meet with the Allies in Prague to discuss peace terms, Paul. Oh, that's awesome. Peace yeah. in our time. 1813, their time. Couple more. 1834. I know this is engrossing. Lord Napier. Now, this is July 15th we're talking. July 15th. On this day, in 1834, Lord Napier of England arrives in Macau, China, as the first chief superintendent of trade. Superintendent of trade. And look what China's doing to, to us now. I know. Yeah. In 1901, Thanks. over 74,000 Pittsburgh steel workers went on strike. Whoa. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Keith Uh-oh. is looking. At, We're looking. In 1958, Wait. President Dwight Eisenhower sends 5,000 Marines to Lebanon to keep the peace. And in 1960, John F. Kennedy accepts the Democratic nomination for president. Whoa. July 15th. Man. All right. Anybody else got Someone any? say that's fake news, but That's not fake news. <laughs> Sorry. You're fake news, Jude. <laughs> Jude is on tonight. Anybody else got anything interesting to talk about? More interesting than what I just talked no, about? Oh, I forgot about the hump. The first supply pl- flight from India to China over the hump is flown in 1942. What means the hump? The, the, the lady lumps? The, the, the mountain there. That's a hump? It's a big hump. You're talking about Wednesday? Wednesday. 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 Today. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, boys and girls, ladies and germs, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with some more incredibly interesting banter. Hi there, this is the Manster, one of your humble hosts from Pina Comics Podcast. What is Pina Comics, you say? Fair question. Pina Comics is a weekly pop culture podcast with a mission. A mission to explore humankind's greater geekdom and report our findings back to you listeners every week. We explore movies, games, TV shows, comics, local events and conventions, and so much more. We'll tell you just what we think of all the stuff that makes life fun, or at least bearable, and hopefully make you laugh, chortle, cackle, bust a gut, or even just chuckle while doing it. So join me and my fellow hosts, Ganache and Sir John, every week. You'll find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or whatever podcatching app you like to stuff inside that little phone of yours. Listen in. It was the three-legged dog of comics. It was bad. These two gentlemen met in jail, and then when they got out, they started publishing. It should have been mobsters instead of doing what they do in comics. Management there was questionable at times. Some of it has to do with people who go to jail. We are sinners. We have corrupted the youth. Stuff that should never have been sold to kids. And then there was Charlton. I couldn't quite tell what they were doing. Charlton was just a hodgepodge of weird titles. What is this? Who am I dealing with? John threw nickels around like they were manhole covers. See T-A-P. They were cheap. Hell yes, they're cheap. They were a special kind of special is what they were. Critic was horrible. You could smell them beginning to decay even as they were rolling off the press. At one point, they actually did have to move the comics operation into a bowling alley. It's something out of a sitcom. We want to publish comic books in the worst way, and they did. It's been called the street fighting cousin of Marvel and DC. Maybe you've heard of them. Probably not. But you do know the industry legends that called it home. This is Charlton Comics. Follow at charltonmovie.com. Oh, it's going to suck.
Welcome back, pizza and pop culture. I, I just we need to throw it out a huge grats, a huge thank you to George and Angelo for letting us have this great space yes. to do the podcast in, um, so that we don't have to do it virtually. Thank you, Angelo. Oh, thank absolutely. you very much. And of course, the whole pizza is East Side Pizza in Wallingford, Connecticut. And I just I had pizza. My favorite pizza is extra sauce, pepperoni, onion. I had a little garlic thrown on there. I, I just, I, I, I don't know what it is. I love the freaking pizza here. And you didn't even kinda, share it with I'm us. Hold, I'm holding my boobs, but I don't really have, well, they, I do. I try to share it with everybody. You can have a slice of pizza. Man, oh, Manischewitz. So thank you, George. I mean, Angelo. No worries. Thank you, Angelo and George. So, and um, please make sure that you visit our website. And we want to also suggest that you listen to our friends, our other podcaster friends, at Pine of Comics, Ghost of the Stratosphere, 430 Movie, Inglorious Trexperts, and The Best Movies Never Made. And also a new one, Forgotten Cinema. Forgotten Cinema is based here in Connecticut, along with Pine of Comics, yes? Correct. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. We've got a lot of podcast friends, and hopefully we'll get to cross-pollinate and connect with them. Yeah. Use protection. Use protection. (laughs) Wear protection. (laughs) So we want to talk about arcade games, Mm. games in general. I mean, the evolution of what games used to be, what going to the arcade meant, where we are now. Um, There's so so much to talk about. And I'm going to just be completely honest. Growing up, um, I grew up in another state, and we only had only my mother was a driver, so we didn't really do anything um, fun in terms of being able to regularly go places. We lived where it was very rural, and there wasn't a lot of arcade places, anything really for us to go to. She worked, she came home, we were home, and that was it. So my point is, I don't have a lot of experience with games back then. It wasn't until the late 70s, early 80s, that I really even remotely got into an arcade and started playing. And my favorite kinds of games, aside from some of the, the more common ones like Pac-Man um, and Space Invaders, was I love playing the racing games where you sit down and you drive. Oh, yeah, and you, Daytona? Yeah, Sega Daytona. Daytona. Yeah. Um, and you, know, you, you can pick your music, and you mm-hmm. can pick between using stick shift and automatic, that sort of thing. These games are not in the top ten list, but for me, they were fun. I liked them. Yeah. And what's nice about that is the newer games, like Daytona USA I used to play when I was a kid. We used to go to the Milford Mall. And the, it was the first, I think it was uh, Daytona USA was the first racing game, I think, where they connected up to like eight people so you could all race your friends and i remember i think it was like a buck each but we used to we used to love playing that because you could actually it was the first time you actually sat next to your friend and actually got to play with him in an arcade which was at the time i think it was like 1994 it was pretty impressive so so let's just describe what what is an arcade i mean when we think about arcade what are we thinking of here that's like trying to describe a Fenway ballpark game or just the sights and sounds. I mean, it's just everything. You, you go in, the sights, the smell, the sound. I don't know, right? A lot of smell. A lot of smell. Lot of smell. <laughs> no, but going into yeah. But going into an arcade was like, for me, I remember my dad used to run his errands and drop us off at the uh, Crazy 8 Arcade in Wallingford. And while you know he was gone for a couple hours doing what he was doing, uh, shopping, uh, my brother and I just, you know, we were left with, I don't know how much money back then, maybe 
20 bucks, but we were left to just run rampant through the arcade and try to get on every single machine and pinball. I, I remember arcades being it. a quarter to play a game, or maybe 50 cents, right? Yep, quarter, 50 cents. So, so the, the highest grossing arcade games of all times, which ones do you think are on the list, guys? Angelo? Pac-Man has to be near the top, okay. I would think. Donkey Kong? Pac-Man, Donkey Kong. What about you, Paul? How is Miss Pac-Man? Miss Pac-Man? Galaga, my favorite. Galaga. Actually, I don't think Galaga's on the list. Oh, come on. Galaga's got Asteroids definitely is in the top five. But Galaga, did you have to smash a, a, a watermelon with that? <laughs> <laughs> or was that Gallagher? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Gallagher. I, um, Donkey Kong. Number 10, Donkey Kong sold 132,000 cabinets. Revenue by 1982, $280 million. They put it, they put it oh, in yeah. today's... Wow. big money back They then. put it in today's numbers. So today's numbers, they say it's $686 million. Wow. Um, I'll do this really quickly. Number nine, Mortal Kombat, 24,000 cabinets sold, which I think is an interesting way of, of looking at it because... We don't think of games right now as being cabinets. We think of them as being these little compact things. Sometimes you don't even see it. You can just download a game, mm -hmm. right? But what we're talking about is the evolution of games. So 24,000 cabinets sold, $570 million by 2002. Number eight, Mortal Kombat 2. 27,000 uh, 27, cabinets <clears throat> and $600 million. Asteroids. Yes. How many think they sold? More than Mortal Kombat. We were just at 27,000. 28. 100,000 cabinets. That's the biggest jump. That's a big that's a big jump. Exactly. From 9 to 8. Wow. wow. A little bit later uh, evolution uh, along the evolutionary scale of games. Revenue by 1991, 800 million dollars for asteroids. For asteroids, and that's 1.3 billion dollars in today's numbers. Um, it, right, it's a. They refer to it as a vector graphics classic yep. game from 1979, um, inspired by the uh, fully fledged video game Space War. Number six, Defender. Okay, which um, is a very difficult game. Yeah. Back to 60,000 cabinets sold. Ass. Yep. But yet, Defender, $1 billion by 1993. Yeah, it's because it was, uh, you only played the game for probably about two minutes before you got frustrated and put more corners <laughs> in the damn thing. <laughs> and the button, lay excuse me, the button layout was insane, too, because it, like, it was like flying like a real spaceship at the time. You had to like hit one button to go forward, one button for the thrust, one another button to turn left and right. It was, it was, the button layout was a mess, but for some reason, the game was really addicting. You know, that's exactly what the, the write-up here says. Defender's high level of challenge helped it devour hundreds of millions yeah. of <laughs> As gamers got I, I lived through it. Got, I lived through the pain. Got to grips with the complex yeah. gameplay, which, which was... Surprised that machine didn't have a bunch of freaking holes punched in there. There was a whole other paragraph <laughs> about all those damn buttons. Okay, number five, NBA Jam. 20,000 cabinets sold. Yeah. $1.1 billion dollars yeah, was by 1994. Yeah, it was more later in the Number four, four. Miss Pac-Man. Ooh! 125,000 cabinets sold, $1.2 billion. In today's numbers, it's $2.4 wow. billion. Uh, Street Fighter, mm -hmm. Champion Edition. 
That's 200,000 cabinets sold. Um, $2.3 billion. Street Fighter. Um, Space Invaders is number oh. two. Cabinets sold, 360,000. Revenue, $2.7 billion. Missile wow. Command's got to be on there. How many of you guys played Missile Command? And the number one. The number one. Top grossing game, according to this list. Pac-Man. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> 400,000 cabinets sold. Wow. Wow. $3.5 billion by 1990. Wow. You have any idea? And there was huge marketing around that. They had a cereal. They had a song. They had a cartoon. They had plush toys. They had cereal. McDonald's yeah, toys. Right. I hate the I mean, it's, you yeah. know. And I bet you, even kids today, if you were to show uh, the Pac-Man graphic little kids would probably know what it is for some odd reason it's become like a iconic thing like the like, you know like coke or pepsi like the, you know you you guys still playing games any any of these arcade games today at I all? in any way yeah. shape or form what are you doing well <clears throat> funny you should say that <laughs> well. uh, right now there's a company called arcade one up and they're right now they're currently uh Releasing all retro video games in there, and they they almost look like the actual machines, except they're they're three fourths scale, okay. But they have the authentic uh, look of the units. Um, they have a, a large collection of games now, and um, they're great. You can get them at Walmart. Um, and I have three of them. I have Centipede, Galaga, and I have Rampage, which has the three player option, so I can actually have. Three people play Rampage with me, just like the classic arcade. The machines are a lot smaller, but they have all the same button uh, layouts, the micro switches, the, the ball top you know, joysticks, the sounds. Um, and then now what they're trying to do is they're trying to actually uh, release little add-ons like uh, leaded marquees and uh, just different things that kind of you can buy additionally to, to enhance the experience. You know, Jude, you sound like an arcade game aficionado. <laughs> so <clears throat> let me try that again. You sound like an arcade game aficionado. So my hobby lately has been actually modding these units. And again, I don't endorse anybody going out and you know modding anything because it's stuff is kind of illegal to do buy licensed stuff sorry <laughs> i just want to add that in there but i do mod these cabinets and i've enjoyed it a lot doing it because you can actually get an infinite amount of games from classic consoles to classic arcade uh games that you loved growing up with on one one unit well you know it, it, it that's really cool i i certainly don't have the skill to do it but it makes me think and, and looking at these numbers and thinking about how many quarters had to drop right during this time, mostly from probably the age group of what, ten to eighteen year olds, probably even to, a little older, maybe ten to twenty five year olds. I'll go there. So they they had to go someplace. Going to the arcade then is not the same now. You know, we've got I think we got Chuck E. Cheese, we got Dave and Buster's. weren't we talking about this last time about some of these places are announcing they're closing? Chuck E. Cheese, right? Announcing it's closing. Right. But we went to arcades. Yeah. And now they're called barcades. <laughs> <laughs> now they're called barcades. What was that experience like going to arcades oh, here in Wallingford? It was wonderful. Everybody here was... Yeah, you know, we, we all yeah. went to the same arcade, That's probably right. at different times. Uh, I was definitely pretty young back then, but um, it, it was just an... Ex I loved it. It was something that I looked forward to. My dad said, hey, we're going out shopping. I literally was like, okay. And because, um, you know getting dropped off at the arcade for a couple hours with a bunch of quarters. 
Uh, it's magic. It was, was an experience. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Eating a slice of pizza and drinking a Coke or a Pepsi and playing a video game. Yeah. Or going next Sign door. Me they had the record shop. Yeah. Oh. Went in there, bought a record, come back out, it's play a game. For, t- thinking about how games are played today, games are computer-based. You can get cool games on your mobile devices. You can. It's solitary. I mean, now we play... I, I play a lot of World of Warcraft. That's the game that... That's really the only game that I've ever played, and it's a computer game. It's it it's never been in a, a console game. It's never been an arcade game. But there's still a social aspect in the in the communication. You know, hmm. it's a it's a it's an MMORPG, massively multiplayer online hmm. role playing game, right? There are lots of these kinds of games out there, so you can connect with other people around the world via you know telecommunication. China. Even China, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, perhaps. Um, I have Your soul is mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Develop friendships. And, you know, but it's still not the same as going to the arcade, oh, dropping yeah. off, dropping quarters into the machine. No. With well, your I th- friends. I think the fun part about those uh, games is that it's, it's, it's nice that you can meet people you know, come together as a community and meet somewhere and then do something you all like to do. And it's based mostly on doing teamwork things, which is often a lot of fun to accomplish a goal with a team, right? Because you all feel yeah. like you're all contributing to something and that you're all your skills are put together, you're defeating a goal, right? You're talking about the, on, the, the, the online experience? Yeah, the yeah. online experience. A- exactly. And that's, re- that's the reward out of it because it's almost like you virtually high-five all your friends after you get done with a mission or done with a, a quest. Well, yeah, you know, and the, and the idea is that you drop a quarter into an arcade game and you play for X amount of time to, you, you either get X amount of time or you get X amount of tries or lives. And the neat thing about doing a, you know, a computer game right. or even a console game is it's infinite almost, it seems. You just keep starting over and going on and trying to right. achieve the higher level and pushing new content right, is, is something like you could beat a machine. I, I mean, I assume that you guys in this room have beat well, machines. It, the arcade experience was slightly different because it was more you're competing against other people because you wanted to get your high score. And I remember I would sit there and try to beat the person's high score at the top of the list. And that was my goal. So it was more of like a competition thing, I thought, back in the day. Like, who had the highest score in Pac-Man? Who had the highest score in, in uh, Galaga? Yeah. You know, I, I think Paul actually was oh, in a competition I, back in the I day. I kicked Ms. Pac-Man. with Miss Pac-Man. So I won a championship down there. It was almost like eSports before eSports. Well, yes. There's actually only, I think, one game in that era that... When you finish it, you finish it, and that was Dragon's Lair. Dragon's right. Lair. And if oh you beat God. Dragon's Lair in arcade and people were watching, right. you, were, you, you, you summer, were getting laid that night. Summer, <laughs> <laughs> yes. summer, summer, it was the summer wow. of 1985. I spent like three weeks in Chicago, and I have, we have family out there. And there was an arcade that me and my cousin went to, and they had Dragon's Lair there. And I had no idea. We had no idea. It was, I think I had just arrived there like maybe a few weeks prior to me getting there. We spent almost... The, the entire three weeks that I was there, at least an hour a day at the arcade trying to beat Dragon. That was the only game we tried to beat oh, was Dragon's Lair. Right. And that was it, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. speaking of Dragon's Lair, that's a really good segue too, because wasn't Ready Player One, the Steven Spielberg movie that came out a few years ago, yep. kind of based on that game where you immerse yourself into the game and then you could beat it? Right. 
I guess. I'm not entirely sure. Did you see yeah. it? You haven't seen it? No. Well, I Ready thought there was one? more VR, but they did inject a lot of aspects of classic gaming into the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I liked it. It was an enjoyable film. Yeah. But Dragon Slayer was like being in a Disney movie, the way it was, you know, this, it was pretty cool. Well, Don Bluth uh, animated right. that. And back then it was, oh. you know, he did um, Secret of Nim, was it? Mm-hmm. And he also did, I don't know if he did anything for Disney. But he did a lot of other little uh, films, and uh, at the time, his stuff, I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's doing today, but his stuff was, I think, revolutionary for animation. I mean, it was just so realistic. More realistic than a lot of stuff I watched back animation-wise. Back I, think, I think it was Dragon's Lair and then, I think, Space Age. He did I think Space Ace, right, yep. yeah. And then he released a spa- uh, a Dragon's Lair 2, and I think there was a Space Ace 2. But yeah, I mean, you know, games now, I... I, I, you know, I do play Call of Duty once in a while, which is a team game. First-person shooter. First-person shooter, and, you, and now you, they have a mode called um, where you all play together and you have to be sort of king of the hill. And, you know, the problem with those games, though, is they, they just don't really play like the classics, man. I'll tell you, I mean, I, I love playing with people, but at the end of the day, I will always re- return to Pac-Man and Galaga because those games were a lot more simplistic, and, and, I, and it, they... Felt like you can park yourself up next to them, play for 15 minutes, be satisfied, walk away, and then maybe come back a couple hours later and play again. As these games that you get sucked in online, your whole day has been drawn into this game and sucked away. <laughs> and I think with the classic arcade, arcade game stuff, you get your quick fix, you lose your lives, and then you say, oh, all right, game over, I'll come back in a few hours and maybe come back. And so it's sort of like a therapy if you're working a lot and you just want to take a break, play an arcade game, come come back to work. Online games suck your life away. <laughs> well, you're very you're very right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little revealing information here, which I'm sure will be interesting. But also, arcade games are physical. You got to stand there. You you move your arms, or you're you're at least doing something. Whereas in a computer game, unless you're playing a console game, you know you're just constantly over a keyboard, which is kind of kind of neat, but playing some of these role-playing games and computer games, you really do get sucked in. I played, on really? a, I, I played on a West Coast server when I first started playing, and the only reason I started playing is because I had surgery. And my friend said, well, while you're home recovering for a couple weeks, why don't you play this game with me? And I said, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I don't play very many games, so he had to show me how to play it, and first I chose a um, a Tauren warrior, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a big hairy creature. I'm already that in life. <laughs> so I wanted to be a magical, you know, I, I, I'm a female human mage. Um, and the reason I chose the female, uh, aside from the fact that it's a nice visual, um, that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not running around in the world, are you? No. At high um, speed? No, but, okay. uh, but they cast they cast spells. They just do things that looks better than the way the, the male... Um, uh, You're not jumping on trampolines. Mechanics work. No, what, what's he talking about? <laughs> so back to the story. It's not hard to find. Um, West Coast server, California. So our raids, which were forty, which are you know forty man raids, forty person raids, forty people from across the world have to come together at the same time to complete a dungeon, and this all started for me at like eight o'clock at night, which is five o'clock their time. So I have a whole day of work and stuff like this and then go to go to go home and be playing, you know, World of Warcraft until one or two o'clock in the morning. So you can find forty people that have nothing to do. Right. Wow. Awesome. All completing 
One goal. All working together oh, for one goal. One goal. Talking over. So, I mean, there's good and there's bad. You know, 16 years I've, I've been playing that game. 16. 16. Wow. Okay, okay. Alan, I want to ask you, do you know who Leroy Jenkins is? You know what? Leroy Jenkins. That's a neat story. <laughs> that is. That was planned. That was for the most part planned. <laughs> they, were, they were trying to do something really fun on the server, and the guy was, um, he was supposed to run in and... Uh, just um, aggro, what we call aggro, all the mobs in this one dungeon. And uh, they were recording it because they wanted to make a, the, you know, gamers, they do all these kinds of, uh, you yeah, know, movies and live stream. Put on YouTube, right. So he yelled out, you know, Leroy, it became, it, it became really a worldwide internet in sensation. <laughs> I mean, it's been on, it's been on uh, South Park and, other other shows, so they it's, were all talking about the quest, and all of a sudden, even in the middle of Jeopardy, it was about, on. Went, Leroy Jenkins, and he ran right in by himself. And they're like, "Oh shit, here we go!" And they all had to follow him, right? <laughs> well, yeah, well, they didn't have to, but they did for the comedic effect, and so yeah. Was it planned or, or was it was planned? Oh, it was planned. Oh, yeah, so oh, it was, man, it, it would have been it was better. Fake, yeah. So in in World of Warcraft, you know, the game masters are there; you just can't see them. So they. They interact with, they're watching what people are doing to make sure that they're not doing any cheats or anything like that. And there's, if you look it up, GM, game masters, uh, you know, doing stuff um, to control the game. And then they, sometimes they reveal themselves. It's very funny. There's some funny stuff. Anyway, see, this is a big topic. There's a lot more to talk about. Um, We'll talk about it again another time. And there's one thing you wanted me to say. Which is? Which is, if Todd Rundgren is listening to this. I kicked your ass in Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> and I did. I forgot I wanted Down to Down at that. the Agora Ballroom. I was there and I was getting ready to play Miss Pac-Man. All of a sudden this big, tall, lanky guy walks up and says, can I uh, join in? And I turn and it's Todd Rundgren. He was playing there that night. And I said, shit, yeah. So we put the two quarters in and he, well, I'm pretty good at this. And I said, all right. And he went first and he did pretty good. And then I got on it and he's like, I could see him looking at his watch. And I'm still on the first player and I'm going up and he's like, oh, you're getting up to that level now? And all of a sudden, hey, Mr. Rundgren, you got to go in the back for a sound check. Okay, well, I guess you won. Goodbye. See you, Todd. So that's freaking hilarious. Yeah. On that note, so let me. I just is. before we take off, I want to say there's two movies. If you really are into classic arcane, there's two movies that you must watch, and you can find them on uh, YouTube. One is King of Kong, which is a story about Steve Wiebe and um, Billy Mitchell. Great movie, great documentary. And then uh, Chasing Ghosts is another small documentary you can find on Classic Arcade Gaming. Uh, that's on YouTube. Both of them are on YouTube. So Chasing Ghosts. Yeah, it's called Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade. Okay. And um, it, they're both great, great watches. Um, in fact, I've watched King of Kong probably three times, four times already because it's just an amazing documentary. It's, what is it? King of Kong Fistful of Quarters, Fistful right? Fistful of Quarters, yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, that was definitely a very good topic to pick. Uh, awesome. Nice job, everybody. Are we all done? We'll be back. Oh, my God, he just ran in. Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to Forgotten Cinema's 30-second ad. Forgotten Cinema is a podcast where we talk about films that, for a variety of reasons, seem to have been forgotten by audiences. We talk notes about production and release, why we believe these films were forgotten, and whether or not we think they're worth a revisit. 
Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you listen to your podcast and on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. So grab your popcorn and soda. Please notice exits are available at the front and rear of the auditorium. And be sure to check out Forgotten Cinema. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere. Ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews. And with the Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. You can find us on under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com. Hope to see you soon, folks. Here we come, walking down the street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet, everybody, hey hey we're the monkeys, and people say we're monkey around, Angelo's not having any of it, we're too busy singing, except Angelo, and put it down, we get the funniest looks from Angelo, <laughs> Hi everybody, we're talking about TV bands Bands that you find bands. on TV Bandstands Not to mention American Bandstand How did that one go? I forgot um, I just knew that one Bandstand Bandstand I can't remember how it started Barry Manilow, right? Barry Manilow So, for me uh, listening to these shows, the Archies, the Partridge Family, the Monkees, <laughs> all of these things were really, really. What about the Brady Kids and the Brady, the Bunch. Brady Bunch? Yeah, very talented. Uh, I forgot some of their songs though. I can't remember some of their songs. Marsha, Marsha. You don't remember Change? When it's time to change, you've got to rearrange. Yes, that's going, Angela. Don't fight. The, <laughs> don't fight the times. You can't sing the song unless you have, you know, who is it, Peter that's cracking his voice? Yeah, puberty. Puberty. So. Anyway, I thought it was a kind of a fun thing to, as I was thinking about it. In my head, it would go a lot better than it has already. But <laughs> who watched these things? And, and, you know, these shows started out with a concept, but those bands really picked up. And The reason they picked up because it was all part of the Wrecking Crew. It was one band. Oh. What do you mean? Did you ever see The Wrecking Crew? Pick up the documentary called The Wrecking Crew, Mm -hmm. and you will see a bunch of top-notch musicians that did everything from Sonny and Cher to Bonanza to... They just did everything. Pet Sounds, of course. Pet Sounds. And that's one of the... They were just... And, like, for the Monkees, they were the band. The Monkees just came in and sang... Michael Nesmith and Peter Tork were very upset that they didn't get the play. Because they were musicians. They were musicians, but they had these guys that can take it, do it on one take. Instead of, you know, five takes, cost money. Good musicians, one take. Great take. Yeah, they were like a collective uh, musician, like a collective group of musicians that did studio sessions. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. You did. You're just being funny. No, honestly. Honest, I, well, I knew that somebody else played the music and stuff. What about like the Archies? Same thing. 
But they were so good. And, Ooh, and they are. And who else was famous in the Archies? Uh, I the, don't remember. The Archie comics. The Jughead Beat? No, the Jughead. The, the, the um, Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and yep. the Pussycats. I don't know how <laughs> oh it goes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the song. Yeah, Bo. I think I think the Partridge Family was probably the most. At least for me, I watched the Partridge Family more than any of those. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Partridge Family um, ran from September twenty fifth, nineteen seventy, till March twenty third, nineteen seventy four. It was on ABC, so four years. Um, based on the real life musical family, the Cowsills. I think I love you. Yep. So I actually saw the Cal Sills um, perform, I think, at the Big E one time. Does that sound like it? When you were a kid or recently? Well, it wasn't when I was a kid because I wasn't here when I was a kid. I think it was recently. Yeah, I think. Is it possible? Oh yeah, there's. I think there's only three Cal Sills left now. Okay. That tour. Now, did that show make David Cassidy a star? Was he a star before then? No. No, it was the show. It was the show that made him made him a star. Um, Allegedly, at one point, um, the David. It says here the David Cassidy, and I knew this. Um, the David Cassidy fan club at one time was the largest in history, with even more members than the Elvis Presley and Beatles fan clubs combined. Fans from all over the world traveled to watch David perform, and in doing so, made lifelong friends with other fans. How nice is that? Yeah. <laughs> now, as you know, with the with the Partridge family, you know Shirley Jones was his stepmother in real life. In real life, right? Really? Yeah. And what about Reuben Kincaid? Was he anybody? He was the greatest manager. I wish I had him for a manager. Yeah, Ruben Kincaid. Ruben Kincaid. What and about Danny Bonaducci? Yeah, I was just going to say Danny Bonaducci. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Ducci, right? Ducci. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Angela. So, there, you know what the turning point, you know, the Partridge family was doing well, and David Cassidy's career was doing well, but you know what the turning point was? When they switched drummers? No. <laughs> Went from the black haired kid. Did their drummer spontaneously from the blonde haired kid? Did the drummer This is falling apart. This is falling apart a little quickly. Quiet, Paul. Let me tell you what happened here. There was a gate. There was a gate. A gate stampede at a show in London's White City Stadium on May 26, 1974. Remember I said the show ran from 70 to 74? Oh, jeez. So they had a concert. Nearly 800 people were injured in a crush at the front of the stage. Wow. 30 were taken to the hospital. But unfortunately, a 14-year-old girl, Bernadette Whalen, died four days later. And, you know, when you're in a tour and someone dies, it's, the, you know, no bueno. It's no good. family? So uh, out of respect for the family and to avoid turning the girl's funeral into a circus, Cassidy did not attend the service, although they tried to invite him. Um, He did speak to Waylon's parents and send flowers, but um, he decided to quit his touring and acting at that at that time, I guess it wow. hit him hard. So that was pretty much the end of the Partridge family and his career went on. I mean, he was at he's been at Mohegan Sun in the Wolf yeah. Den. Yeah, he came back doing things. Came back doing stuff. I think I think that besides the Partridge family and the the monkeys, my favorite song that in this sec- section segment's not all about me, but my favorite song is from the Archies, Sugar Sugar. Sugar, sugar, that was a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. I like yeah. that song. What was it about watching? So we have we have all kinds of shows going on. Well, let's tie this back up to Glee, right? Because isn't Glee pretty much the modern day sort of similar? I would show. Say, yeah. Yeah. Although the, although Glee was a show about a Glee club, and these other shows were shows about 
Um, well, the Partridge family it was a being touring family, touring musicians. But they had the storyline that went along with it. So. Right, right. But yeah, so they are today. They do have similar shows. They're just in different. They just they're just different flavor, different looks. Yeah. Whatever, different. When I was help me with this, guys, because when I was looking up this this topic, I did a search for television show bands, and I came up with all kinds of bands that I never even heard of that were part of apparently television history. Yeah. Well, every show back in the seventies, probably and even eighties. What had a live band behind the scenes, right? I mean, every we had this conversation on uh, game shows last week, but I, every, there, probably every game show back then had a band behind the, the curtain, right? Hmm. So back then there, there was a lot well, of those were the real bands, right? As for so, the TV bands that didn't well, play, yeah, but they had a lot of jingles back in the day. They got stuck in your head, and oh, yeah. they were live musicians. So I guess you could play into that yeah. uh, aspect as well of. of Musicians on yeah. TV, but uh, not based on musicians. The show, you know, obviously the Partridge right. Family was about touring, a family that toured and this and that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't think of any shows today that have that same theme. Well, we don't want today. We want yesterday. Well, 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 how about this? CBS. I don't think you any here. If anybody remembers this, raise your hand. The Hudson Brothers. Oh right. yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. Remember the Hudson Brothers? I, I've heard of that show. Now, just to show you, Bill Hudson ended up marrying Goldie Hawn. Kate Hudson was born. How's that? That's quite a connection. Mark Hudson, on the other hand, started producing Aerosmith and writing songs with Aerosmith and Bon Jovi. Though they were a CBS morning kids show, they went on and did something. So these two brothers went on. Three. And, three There's brothers. Another, there's another oh. brother in the middle that was like the Peter Tork. <laughs> seldom talk about him. <laughs> middle brother. Yes. So watching television shows with, with bands in them was, was something that Saturday was... Saturday Night Live. How many musicians uh, got on Saturday Night Live? And, and how, many, how many... And right, and how many Saturday, Saturday morning television shows had music as a part of it? You know, I think, we, was it last week we were talking about Schoolhouse Rock? That's mm-hmm. not the same concept, but right. music was always part of it. Right. Sesame Street, The Electric Company, a lot of, you know, children's television shows had music as part of... The programming as part of the story. I think Hannah Montana was pretty popular back in the day, 2006-ish. And I, I know I wasn't into it, but I know that kids... Hannah Montana was on everything. And that show was based on uh, a, a little girl who, who sang, and her father was Billy Ray Cyrus, right? I don't know the TV show if his name... He really played his part as Billy Ray Cyrus, but... No, he played, but he played her father, father in the show, right, right? Right, So I think Hannah Montana kind of had that sort of theme with... You know, uh, playing a musician as a as a role in a TV show, um, but I can't really think of any others. But that that show was widely popular. I mean, they put her on everything. So they put her on T-shirts, blankets, shoes, pillows, well, she socks. Still, she still performs. Well, she performs differently now, right, naked on a wrecking sure, yeah. ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she has a great voice. I'll say she, that. Miley, Miley Cyrus is yeah. She and good songs. Growing up, I would say. I mean, I know this is not the same, but um, I just keep thinking of Sesame Street. I don't know why. I stop I mean, it. I don't know. What, we're going off topic here, but no, no, no. It's 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 fine. One thing that when I think about these shows, though, the, I think the biggest controversy that I've that I've heard about is at one point. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't somebody say that it wasn't really the the uh, monkeys that were singing? It was the Beatles. No. no, no. They tried to be the Beatles. I, I think. think uh, I'm not sure which member of the band said in an interview, and I was reading about this before you know I came down here, is that he, to some reporters, he said that the, that the Monkees had outsold 
the Beatles and the Stones in one particular year, which was a lie. Um, but ultimately, the Monkees sold 75 million records. That's a lot. I had yeah, them all. You know, so yeah. and there's some great songs on there. Yeah, there are. I love, I love the Monkees. And it was a good show. It was funny. I remember watching it the uh, the reruns, but uh, it was a funny show. It was done well. It was, you know, even for the Archies, they brought it in. They brought it into today. They have, you know, Netflix has Riverdale, right. and on Riverdale there is the the. It's not so much the Archie gang that has the music, but Archie himself plays with the, the today version of the Pussycats. So, so ha- Jughead you, isn't the drummer? Not yet, as far as, huh. not yet in the story that I've seen. All right. But have you seen Riverdale at all? I, you know, there was a couple of times I thought about watching it, but. Right. And. <laughs> it's sorry. on Netflix. It's on Netflix, it? along yeah, with Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the oh, new, a new version witch. of that. All right, then I got something to avoid. They're canceling Thank the you. season for. What'd you say? They're canceling the season for uh, Sabrina, so this will be the third and last se- last season. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> so we talked about TV game show, TV shows with bands in them, and um, I. Who's your favorite band from the seventies? Would have to be the Monkees. Oh, the seventies. Yeah. You mean a t- TV show? Any band. Oh, any band? Oh, jeez. In God. the 70s. Well, I wasn't around. I was born in Alice 70s, Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah, man. The 70s, anyway. What Keith, do you think? Keith and I are going to say the same thing. Kiss. Kiss. Yeah. Rock on. Oh, God. You might not have been born in the 70s. I was born in 76. Okay. Uh, oh, but I man, listened that's... to a lot of music from the 70s, but there's just so much. I, I, I think the first band in the 70s, I grew up listening to because my brother's a little bit older than I am is probably Led Zeppelin Ooh, good yeah but they're from the, see I was going to say Led Zeppelin but they started in the 60s so yeah. I can't you know but, but they even were right their, great, if, if their greatest success is in the 70s I'm, I would say Led Zeppelin might for myself but Kiss started in the 70s oh so yeah I'm yeah, say, yeah I'm going to say Kiss yeah um, but that's for some odd reason. I think seventies Led Zeppelin. It's first memory of really listening to a band from the seventies, or they're from the sixties. I didn't know that, but they played the Oakdale, nineteen sixty-eight or sixty-nine, on one of the days of Woodstock. If you didn't go to Woodstock, you could have went to Oakdale. Yeah. August, I forgot. August seventeenth, I think they were there. Let's uh, go around and see what we have for recommendations. What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to that you'd like to recommend for other people? For what would I be um, to watching? I'm still just Pluto. I'm watching all these documentaries on Pluto TV. So Pluto TV is new to me. So that sounds interesting. Is it a website? It's um, an app. An app. You get it, and then you could watch. They they got some garbage, but you know the documentaries. I some good garbage. Yeah. But it's it's it's, it's Steven Seagal films. That Morgan Spurline, <laughs> the the second one. I never Spurlock? got this. Yeah, Spurlock. He did the uh, Super Size Me Two. Yeah. Yeah. Holy yeah. Chicken. Did you see that? <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Oh my God. You got to watch. Did you see it, Alan? No, I only saw the first one. Super Size Me. Put it on now. Right now. Uh, right. All right. No. No. Wait. <laughs> Angelo, what do you got? So Criterion this week just released a beautiful box set of all of Bruce Lee's films mm-hmm. and awesome. uh, remastered and you know it's uh, it, you know they do such a great job with everything that they release this is just you know all of his films a ton of you know extras documentaries stuff like that so you know if you uh, get a little bit of pocket change pick it up Barnes & Noble has a 50% off uh, Criterion for the whole month so you know yep that's great. Yeah. What about you, Jude? I, this week, unfortunately, I uh, haven't really been watching too much television. I've been actually going to bed early. <laughs> 
So um, I, off the top of my head, there's nothing I can recommend that I've watched that's... In honor of our... Uh, what's that? Oh, well, yeah, I recommended King of Kong before. I mean, obviously, sure. I've, yeah. I've... Yeah, I guess that could be my recommendation yep, from our last call. segment. Thank you, Keith, yeah. So, and I recommended Ready Player One in honor of our, our whole game show discussion. Let's take a look at Ready, Ready Player One if you're interested. Steven Spielberg. It's, um, it's not the greatest movie, but it's fun to watch. A lot of, lot of mix of different sorts of And visuals. a lot of pop culture. And a lot uh, of pop culture stuff in there. Little, yeah. So that brings us to the end of episode 10. I want to remind everybody that um, we can be found on Facebook and Twitter at Pizza Pop Culture. Our website is pizzapopculture.com. And please remember to subscribe yes. on the platform of your choice. Again, thank you so much, East Side Pizza. And our friends at Pina Comics, Ghost of the Stratosphere, 430 Movie, Inglorious Trexperks, The Best Movies Never Made, and Forgotten Cinema for listening. And for Mr. Paul, Mr. Hi. Angelo, Mr. Keith, Mr. Jude. And have a good day. And, and me. And oh, and Mr. Pete. I'm sorry, Mr. Pete. Who's sitting, he's sitting quietly over there, but providing valuable pieces of information along the way. Thank you, sir. And laughing. And laughing. <laughs> Have a nice time. We'll see you next time. They killed the giggler, man. They killed the giggler! They had no business doing that. None. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm...